What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, back with another Productivity in Tech podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic week, and mine just got a little bit better because I have the wonder and privilege to talk to someone that I have known for, God, like six years now. And one of the first people I met when I became a programmer uh, always brings a smile to my face to see them. Talks are absolutely amazing, phenomenal, and also just a generally overall just glowing person, not because they're radioactive, but because they just know how to brighten up a room. I am talking with the one, the only Melanie Crutchfield. Melanie, it is so good to see you. <laughs> wow. I The glowing, I think, is like, I think this is just fire of like embarrassment on my face now <laughs> because, you know. At first, I thought not... you were going to say like San Diego wildfires. I was like, geez, like, wow, they got real. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Thank goodness. The California season just is. started, I guess. So. Yeah, we're we're hanging in there so far. Like, it's funny. It didn't quite enter my consciousness that we have like yet another plague that we could layer on to 2020. Like, oh, you know, like oh, of man. the seven layer salad of horror that 2020 is becoming. Like fires. I almost forgot, Jay. Thank you. We'll call Thank it Dante's for... calendar, I guess. <laughs> oh. 2020, bless it. Yes. So other than the obvious um, perils that are plaguing America right now, how have you been generally? Uh, yeah, well. Um, okay, so my, <laughs> my measurement of how I'm doing might be slightly different than the average person. Like if I am awake and I have clothes on my body, bonus, bonus, both of those are working today. I have fed myself. Um, yeah. And I got a couple of things done today. I mean, that's like, I'm like living my best life <laughs> at that point. Um, because like it, it is, uh, often that those are not my days, you know, um, that they don't quite look like that because of, um, because I have major depressive disorder. Um, I also have like a really fun and exciting relationship with migraines. So, um, there's that I have the anxiety, I have epilepsy, which is, is fun <laughs> that it's well controlled. So it's not as it's not as interesting or entertaining as it might be otherwise. So, um, but the, you know, the depression really gives you a, a completely different, um, scale of success, I guess is what, what I might call it. So. I, as someone who often has to tell people in social environments of like, Hey, if I start laughing really hard, can you just make sure I don't collapse? Um, I can relate. Um, that has the last few years, uh, ever since 
you know, cardiac episode after cardiac episode, you do start to take a lot of things that other people, I guess, would take for granted. You like treat them as this has been a good day. I haven't blacked out in five days. Like, okay, that is that is like an awesome feeling. Um, right. So I can I can totally relate uh, to where you're coming from there. Well, do me a favor because I know you well, um, but the people listening to the show probably don't know you as well as I do. So kind of introduce yourself, let people know who you are, what you do, and uh, ultimately, like, what brings you joy in the tech space? Oh, good gracious. Okay. Just some small um, questions, you know. Yeah, it just anybody's stuff. Um, let's see. I am a Python and Django developer. Um, I am self-taught. I went to two years of college and then didn't go to college after that, which they still charge you for, interestingly really? enough. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. And pri- this is a whole different thing, but private school is a racket. I don't know why we even do that. Um, but yeah, so I did that. I And then much later in life, I uh, got into development because it is fun. Um, I started out like my professional life was in fine art photographic printing. So I had about a decade of uh, life in the art world there, which makes it sound much sexier than it was. It, it, um, although it was fun and good, like that was a good time. And then had my first daughter and kind of ejected out of the job scene for a while. And when I came back, I wanted to do something that like compensated for my time in a, in a decent way, you know, especially living in San Diego. Um, and I just thought, you know, I had done, I had done some little like Apple script scripts. Do you know what this thing is? What Apple script is? Yeah. I've I've (laughs) made a few of them. Uh, usually ones that, turn my mic off because I am notorious for like ending a conversation being done. And then later on just being like, Oh, the recording's still going. And then like having three hours of just dead audio to, to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just little fiddly stuff like that. And so I, um, I made some scripts like way back many, many years ago, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. And, uh, so when I was trying to figure out where am I going to go now with my career and da, 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 I was like, you know, I had fun with that. I had fun, you know, making computers do stuff. Like maybe I could do some of that some more. Um, and then came, you know, in my learning process, came a- across the Python community in San Diego. And like, that was it. That's how I kind of got my feet settled. So um, I work at O'Reilly. O'Reilly not the car shop, as we were discussing earlier. Um, although I have repaired my car in a variety of ways on my own. Um, it still works. It still runs. Most of the things are still on there. It does have a weird rattle. Um, anyway. Uh, and my little side project, 5up, is still up and running. So... I mean, that's me. I have two kids. I have a cat. I, you know, that's, I think that's it. The end. Is there more? 
What what else should I say? <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's good. Podcast okay. over. No, no, we're gonna we'll go we'll go into a, a lot of more detail than than okay. that. But but yeah, let's let's start with you know one of the things that you just brought up was you wanted to do a job that you felt you were being compensated for. I guess I would say as fairly as weird systems that can. Yeah, we're not going to go into that conversation. Uh, that's another podcast. But uh, the big thing was it wasn't, you know, development wasn't something that you were like, hey, I'm like 14 and hacking into, you know, the U.S. Treasury and I've always been a programmer. and da, da, da. Like, it, it wasn't like this whole crazy lifestyle thing for no. you. It was like, here's a small piece of my life that I do that. I mean, it'd be cool if I got paid to do this. I mean, like that that's a really interesting approach because it kind of goes against what everybody is taught. You know, when you go to high school, you have to do like, oh, yeah, you know, you need to go to the best school to get into engineering or get into art or to get into all these things. And it's like, or you could just live your life, do the things that you enjoy doing, and then find something in that realm that actually gives you a paycheck and then do that. And then in your free time, make really cool stuff like five up, which we're going to talk about later. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just thought it was really cool. Did you find a challenge? Uh, like, did you find it challenging to get into the tech space, not having the, I went to Caltech or MIT and, you know, up, you know, I was born with a keyboard in my hand, like that whole mindset. Um, it's tricky because I feel like not having those types of credentials, I feel like it, it affects me. Like it means more to me than it does to other people, you know? Um, I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, but that's from my experience. Like I'm grateful that I had um, the experience of applying to O'Reilly and working through that process and not, not having the pressure to have some sort of pedigree in, in tech. Um, so I didn't experience that, but it is always really interesting to talk to other folks that do have that experience. I was talking to someone the other day who was mentioning that um, it just so happened that in their like AP computer science class that they had their like senior year in high school, which first of all, I lived in a farming town. (laughs) We had FFA, like also like, the way that my life shook out, I only, I graduated early. So I only had like one semester of my senior year. Cause, and then I went and like worked in a coffee shop after that, you know, like our situations were like small kind of different. So, but he, you know, was saying in my, in my AP CS class, the teacher happens to know, like, be super good friends with someone high up in, you know, XYZ tech company, like in a huge tech company. And so 
this VP or whatever from this big tech company comes in and does like practice interviews with everyone that's in the class. They're seniors in high school. They're like 17. You know what I'm saying? Like, or 18 or however old they are. They're teenagers though, for sure. So there's these teenagers. Some of them then got jobs like straight out of high school. It, it's like, I was just kind of like, whoa, you know, like, and I know that, um, you know, you were saying a second ago, like, we don't want to get into the whole, like, inequality and what's, like, you know, fair compensation and stuff. Um, but it is just kind of, it is just kind of mind-blowing, right? That some people do walk into the tech space saying, you know, I have, I have all these credentials. I have all these, this experience, you know? And I'm like, well, I have a computer and stuff like <laughs> like which I did I did have a computer, totally had a computer. everyone <laughs> yeah yeah I played Tetris super good at it for me I I always hesitate you know to to talk about kind of the entrance into the tech space um from any level of knowledge because I technically haven't entered the development space working on it trying really am but you know it it is interesting to hear you know the conversation of you have oh perfect example giving a resume to someone or like just presenting a resume to a company and like having two people look at your resume and tell you two conflicting things. Like one is like, Oh, you need to focus on your projects more because you don't have the job experience. And one that says, Oh, but your, your other job experience is super relatable for a higher management position. So you should focus on that more. And it's like, okay, I have one person telling me to put my job experience at the front. The other one telling me to put my projects at the front. I can't put them both there. Like I need, I need something. So it, it's always interesting to hear the idea of like, it can't be this hard for everybody. And it's not necessarily, you know, I don't have a solution for that, but I would just, I love hearing people address that like, okay, yeah, for some people it was extremely easy for others. It was a little bit harder. And then for some, they're still trying to get their foot in the door. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm glad for some of the people who have, gone through whatever they did because now they know what it took, which means they're willing Mm -hmm. to help other people not have to go through that same thing. Yeah. And I have to say like, you know, I worked hard. I tried to learn. I, you know, went to conferences and, you know, I built my thing and I did those couple of talks. Like I put time and energy into it. But I knew someone. I honestly think that networking is huge, which is also just a huge uh, playground for injustice. Right? Yeah. Because not everybody knows. Well, it. I, I guess the hard part is, is like, if you know someone, you can get a foot in the door. But like, the people that don't know anyone have a problem. And then there's also like the 
we don't want to punish you for bringing in the wrong people kind of feeling that it comes that comes with it. Like I, I see so many people of color that are in management levels that work with no other people of color. And it's just like, I mean, I'm glad you're not like using it as a way to like bring just just anybody in. But at the same time, it seems really weird that like there's not one. And it and it's because of that. It's like, well, if I what if I make a mistake? What if I, I have a bad hire and they happen to be a person of color? And then now you're making the problem even worse and even harder for other people. And it's and it's like, again, I just wish that it wasn't this hard for everyone and that they didn't have to go to sleep, you know, worrying about their job because they hired someone that they know is capable of doing the work, but because of how they look, you know, it could be a problem. But ultimately I don't think that the conversation we're going to have here is probably going to solve that problem. But I do hope that someone listening, uh, maybe you can, you know, solve a, a smaller problem like that in, you know, your own little world. But yeah. you talked about, you know, you, all of the things that you did do, you know, aside from knowing someone, like you gave the talks, you built the thing. Like when I first met you, I was trying to build a thing and like, I had no clue what I was doing. And I, I think um, a good, uh, like a, a couple of mutual friends of ours were just like, I mean, this is a cool idea, but what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I mean, I I had probably I'd probably been using Python for maybe like a week and a half. So it was like I have an exact problem. I've solved it in kind of this really ugly way. Now I want to take it to the next step and solve it in a slightly less ugly way. And in doing that, I just kind of screwed it up. But I want to talk about your Django app that just brings joy into the world and phones of people. So I'm just going to, I'm going to just sit back and let you just talk about, about the app, talk about the idea for it, talk about, you know, what it's been like running it for as long as you've been running it. Like, I can't, I can't imagine, like, I don't think I have anything that's been in the wild for like more than a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So fiveupapp.com. It's a Django app. Um, it is not a phone app. I have to say the whole, I was just thinking about this today. I think fiveup.com was taken. And so I think that's why I went with fiveupapp.com. But to non-tech people, like they're like, what's the thing that I download? And then I just have to <laughs> say, I'm sorry. I made a thing that's confusing. Just, just ignore that for a second and fill out the form and give me all of your personal contact information. And then something good is going to happen. Trust possibly. Me. Yeah. I mean, I'm a random person on the internet. Why not? You know? So, um, so yes. So what it does is it sends happy texts every day. That's its only function. That's all it does. I got the idea to build it because I actually, um, the first like class that I took, on Python was through Udacity and they um, had this bit in there where you um, you had to make a, a little bit of a project using Twilio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had done like, I had kind of come up with this idea of like, isn't that, wouldn't that be nice to just get happy texts? 
Um, and part of the idea between or for sending five texts, which is what it was initially that you could only get five and that was it. It's like, you're going to have a quantity of five happy regardless of what you want. <laughs> like, that's what you're getting. Um, but the idea was there's some research that, you know, not, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, whatever. Um, but this concept that you need three to five positive things to outweigh each negative thing that happens to you. So the idea is like, I'm, I'm kind of betting on a negative thing <laughs> happening to you every day. But I mean, if you end up with a surplus of happy, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to be upset about it. So eventually I changed it so that you can choose one, two, three, four, or five per day because people were like, it's too happy. And like, they were actually just like, it's like a really, really happy person around you. And you're like, you're just annoying now. I'm sorry. Like, I love that you are friendly and something is working well for you. But if you could do it away from me, that would be wonderful. So, um, just a little bit of happy, just one. Um, yeah. And I, so I came to the Python meetup with this, you know, kind of baby idea, this Python script. Um, and then someone was like, Oh, build the Django app. And I was like, all right. You know, like, and then it was just like months of being like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. And just going home and like suffering through, you know, trying to go through this development process and figure out what was going on. Like, I didn't know it at the time. And I do now it's kind of both comforting and infuriating that like hours hours and hours days weeks of developers time are spent over like a semicolon in the wrong place you know <laughs> like so just a single character you know or just this these the tiniest things so you know i went through months of that and then eventually got it somewhat working it was very buggy at first um it is still kind of buggy i actually had someone report a bug a couple weeks ago and i I almost have it fixed but um you know life bugs whatever (laughs) we need bugs in life i guess (laughs) yeah i mean no i mean i guess in your garden right they're good in the garden i always try to do that thing because i have young kids you know where you're like let me find let's find something to be grateful for about that you know bugs reminds us that we're fallible or something i don't know i don't know oh that's that's too funny though and and i love that like again a lot of the the story that came from from this was a level of like, I understand that, that life sucks at times. So at best I'm, I'm leveling the playing field or I guess at, at worst I'm leveling the playing field and at best I'm giving you like extra happy, which yeah, to me, that is, that is like a lot of people know, like my favorite, personality in the entire world is the the late great bob ross and it was just like nobody on the planet should ever be this happy like 
the guy like adopts squirrels. It's I I think of the some of the greatest people that have ever lived, like Nikola Tesla, apparently married a pigeon. Like there's just a level of craziness that just comes with being an amazing person. And I think that if you can be crazily like happy and just want other people to be just as crazily happy as you, like that is the best possible outcome because the the worst side of that is like serial killer. So it's like <laughs> extremely happy sociopath serial killer. Where on the spectrum are you? And right. so I, I love that one that you're using your coding skills for good and not sociopathic serial killery stuff. Um, Me but, too. Yeah. But also that you pushed through because it was just suggested to you. Um, I am like the exact opposite of that. Someone tells me to build a Django app. I'm like, but I don't want to build a Django app. I want to build a Flask app. I want to build a static site generator. Like I want to do everything but the thing that everyone is telling me to do because they're telling me to do it this way. And I need to know why I shouldn't do it the 8,000 other ways. Um, but on top of that, you were actually willing to share that experience with the community and not just the app itself, but I've, I've had the privilege of listening to what I would consider the greatest Python conference talk ever. Um, which is like, <laughs> so you want to build a Django app? <laughs> it's like, you you bring your personality into all the things that you do. Like I'm I'm on the Five Up website, and it's like how it works. Sometimes life has sad things. We have happy messages. Then you're not so sad anymore, and it's just like it doesn't have this weird like SEO like marketing spin using 15 different buzzwords for social ranking and like all of this other stuff that people try to do to game the system. It's like, it is truly a Melanie app. It's a Melanie website. And <laughs> I'm, I would be afraid to look at the code because I'm sure the comments would just have me laughing. And it's like, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. Because <laughs> like, that's what my code looks like. It's like, hate that i have to do this but apparently python hates me so <laughs> right usually those are like i bet my git history my git history is where i hide my secret feelings for sure like, like less often yeah exactly less often in the code itself i think but yeah, there's. I think there's some some funny commit messages in there. Are you looking now? I, See your I mean, eyes scanning the screen. <laughs> I'm looking for a good one. Execute some linting. See, I lo I love it. It's just like oh, see, that's recent. That's yeah. That's me just doing stuff, cleaning up. Yeah, I mean that's. I probably should do that. Deleted weird static directory stuff like. This is <laughs> this is the stuff that I think developers need to see on a more regular basis because you you get these weird posts that are like how to write an effective git commit message. It was like, I mean, yes, sure. I understand if if someone's reviewing your code, you want to make it as helpful and as clear and concise as possible, but at the same time, being able to just get your frustration out a little bit in a git commit, sure, do it. I think that's absolutely a wonderful way to, uh, one, not go insane, but two, mm -hmm. also, again, inject a little bit of yourself into your work. And uh, 
I mean, you, you've always done that, but please tell everybody about some of the talks you've given um, about this, uh, about, well, about the five up app and also uh-huh. just why, just, just why? <laughs> Cause the, um, I, I can't even, I can't even begin to like break down like the talks themselves because they're so good. Oh, they really, I mean, that's, that's not me. Like, you know, just I, trying to butter I, you up. I genuinely, <laughs> you made me try Django for the first time. Literally your Yay! talk was like, okay, I will use Django, but only because Melanie said it's not as bad as it looks. It's not as bad as it looks. Um, yeah. So I, I think I only have the two talks that I ever like actually gave. I gave them both multiple times though. Um, and then I, I did also do a, um, like an intro to Python at Python a couple years in a row. Um, that was, um, intro to Python for human people with feelings. Um, which was a lot of fun. Um, I think like getting in and out on a 25 minute talk is way more manageable for me. Like, I think that that's kind of my sweet spot. Three hours of like having to make sense is pretty tricky. <laughs> Just like, I'm so sorry, everyone, you know, that's why but this podcast like, isn't three hours long. <laughs> Right, like in the end, you're just like, I don't know. Let's talk about those bugs again or something. Um, so yeah, the first talk that I wrote was about my experience writing Five Up and like all of the things that I did wrong because some of them were kind of like a little bit tragic, you know. <laughs> like I mean, like recoverable. Like I figured it out, but like you know, my email and password were like committed and to get at some point, <laughs> like, no. that's not great. That's, it's not the best. Um, and then just like accidentally destroying stuff. It's all this stuff. I mean, I don't know that everyone like puts their email and password in their code. Like, I feel like I kind of win on that one for like dumb stuff that you do on accident. Like I'm pretty sure people have done uh, as much as they would admit they'd be like no i've never done that i mean miguel <laughs> wrote like miguel did a talk about that i think at PyCon a couple of years ago that's like you accidentally committed your password now what do you do and to me that was great because it was saying like okay probably one of the most like prominent people to use the flask framework is telling me that he has screwed up by putting you know some type of environment variable that shouldn't be in there or some type of password or some type of authentic or like API key that mm-hmm. should not have been hard coded in there. Like he has done this. So when, I mean, after that talk, I was like, okay, I am team environment variable for life. Like <laughs> the first thing you see is like import OS every time, because I'm like, I will not do that again. Cause I've, I've had that happen to me where someone's like, yeah heads up you should uh like i submitted a pr that removed your password for you and i'm like oh thank you for that cool great that's helpful yeah exactly so and i think i don't know i think it's important for people to know like there's there's no magic going on here i mean i people do harder stuff than what i do like i understand that 
um, and that people are doing like super fancy stuff. Um, but like I'm fancy enough to be employed. So that's something, you know, and like, and it's not amazing. It's, I mean, like, it's not, it's not so magical and difficult that you can't do it, you know, that you can't like, you can become a developer and also be a little bit of a bumbling weirdo. Like these things can be friends. You, you can be that in one thing. So like, and I, I, I feel like our fear of um, making mistakes and like things feeling hard keeps us out of spaces where we could really thrive, you know? Um, and I always imagine that there's someone in the room that is sitting there being like, well, I could never, you know, because that's me like 4,800% of the time. I was going to go 48%, but that's a lie. And 4,800 is not really a value that makes any sense. So, and I have a job, everybody. (laughs) And, and the thing with that, like, I, I grew up around like the biggest nerd in the world. Like my grandfather wanted me to be into computers. Like he let me take apart his computer. He made me put it back together. Um, Like I grew up playing with Emacs. Uh, which is probably why I don't use Emacs now. Um, like, I thought one of the first computer games was Eclipse, <laughs> which is uh, like a Java IDE. <laughs> and, and he was just like, yeah, just draw stuff in the things. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to make a computer game. And like, no, no, I didn't. Like, he knew that I wasn't going to, but he was like, yeah, sure, try it anyway. And like, this was the kind of guy that, he went to the like university library to doubt to like rent out algebra books for fun. And I'm just like, you're an old <laughs> man. You're supposed to be like watching like daytime news and sleeping on the couch or something. And I always thought that that's what it meant to be like in the tech space of like, mm. Oh, you gotta, you gotta like, d- if you haven't, you know, read every Manning book that's out there. You haven't, if you don't have like a subscription to like O'Reilly learning, then you're doing it wrong. You need to, you need to like have submitted like at least three talks to every major conference using your language. You need to have been to every talk. Like I hear about all the people that love and fawn over WWDC and they're like, Oh, it's like the Mecca for iOS developers. I was like, Oh, it's like the Mecca for conference viruses. So you probably shouldn't like put that stigma on people. Not everyone Mm -hmm. wants to go to a conference. Not everyone is, can understand half of what, you know, someone who has a PhD in mechanical and electrical engineering and has turned that into like writing functional algorithms using Haskell, like, not everyone can do not everyone can understand that and if you don't it's okay like i love python because it's readable i literally showed a hundred lines of python code that i had written to a graphic designer and they were like i think you miss i think there's a space after this comma that's not supposed to be there and i was like how are you debugging my code (laughs) like you don't like that to me is amazing that people can look at the code, read it and understand what's happening and that it, it 
eliminates the stigma of like you have to have void and null parameters mm-hmm. inside of code and and it immediately closes the door on people who are just like yo i just want to send five happy tweets you know or five happy texts to my phone like can i do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i love python for that reason i do think like it's one of the more low entry languages out there I've been working with JavaScript a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and I want to love all languages equally. Um, I want that so bad. Also, Python's the best. I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry, everyone. I just. It's just clean, and I don't know. It's it's low entry. I I think. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. But what you were saying, um, a second ago about this huge range of like one, you know, one engineer has a PhD and is doing this crazy stuff, you know, down to like, here's me, you know, making my little web app that does a silly and nice thing. Um, that, that, uh, gap was really difficult and overwhelming to experience at my first PyCon um, because it's, you know, what, like 3,500 people or something. And you do have these people that have their doctorates and, you know, like listening to some of the talks, I remember because I was, you know, obviously much newer to Python at the time. Um, But I remember just being like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, you know, like we'd go into a room and there's like, here's a 20 minute talk. And like, I know they said words and there were slides, like there were visuals. Still a lot of stuff happening there. And yet I have no idea what just happened. (laughs) So, you know, and then the, you know, kind of the little circles of people that, that join up and are like, you know, what do you do? And they're like, I do fancy things, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) I send tweets that tell you you're a sparkly mermaid, not tweets, text messages, you know, actual message. By the way, you mentioned earlier, Bob Ross. Did you know that I quote Bob Ross in five up? I didn't. And now Uh I, I don't get text messages anymore. <laughs> I need to. Oh, sign I back probably up. broke something. No, it's not you. It's I, oh, a while it's ago. You. I, yeah, I did this thing where it was like, don't ever get a message or like a phone call from anyone that's not your favorites. And ever since then, people are like, "Hey, I sent you a message." I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> 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 I don't get half my messages anymore, which is great because I have plausible deniability. Anytime I don't want to do something, it's like, oh, I didn't get the message. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, you broke up with me and I just found out. (laughs) And we literally had a, like, it's not you, it's me moment. (laughs) That happened. That's going to be on the internet now. It's fine. Oh, man. Cry out to my received text that I send myself. That's what I'm going to do. Be like, so what should I do now? I'm going to do the horrible thing you should never do after a breakup. I'm just going to keep going forward and cool. ask the yeah. next question. This is yeah. fine. <laughs> so, Sounds good. 
you talked about like just kind of the the vast difference of conversations that are had at conferences. Um, I gave my first conference talk at North Bay Python last year, and I I couldn't go. I'm so sad. I know. It's I know, such it's a okay. good conference. Too. It really is, and they're not having one this year. Which I mean. They announced it last year that they weren't having one. I felt like I felt like they I felt like Josh knew he was just like something's going to happen. <laughs> He's like, we don't want to be a part of it. We're out this year. We'll see y'all in two years. But one of the talks that was I think it was like the second I was the last talk in the first half. And then the next talk after me was Guido. And he was talking about <laughs> writing. He was talking about like writing a peg parser for Python. And I'm just like. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to look and I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And then we all got dinner together and like it was me, Guido, and then like a couple of other developers that are like Python core maintainers. And I'm just like, and luckily my talk was mostly about podcasting. So I felt like I knew what I was talking about, (laughs) but they were all like, Oh yeah, so I, I would really love to learn how like podcasting can be implemented, you know, f- in a larger audience in the Python community. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I would love to learn more about whatever it is you talked about earlier too. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's like that's the crazy feeling that I when we create this facade that like you have to have a PhD, you have to be, you know a huge brainiac to write code that matters. What you're doing is you're taking your skill set away from the people that could genuinely benefit from the things that you can bring to the table. Like Mm -hmm. as a podcaster, I know way more than any human should about dealing with transcriptions with AWS and having these talks with mentors where it's like, Hey, I built a framework that does like it creates a standard schema for transcriptions, no matter what web service you're using, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And they're just like, why? And I was like, because you told me I needed a project that would make me hireable. <laughs> that's why. And they're like, but why that one? I was like, well, it's because it's a thing that I have to deal with on a regular basis. So, and as we're breaking it down and like talking about it, they're just like, wait, wait, you built this? <laughs> and I'm like, well, thanks for the, the vote of confidence. But um, they're like, yeah, no, this is like, this is stuff that you would give like a, a keynote talk on, like the whole process of building this stuff. And so it's like, I just had a problem that I needed to solve. So I solved it. And then I realized that there was a bigger problem. So I started working on solving that too. And they're like, yeah, that's what developers do. Congratulations. And I'm like, well, okay, I still need a job. <laughs> Like, like no one's going to take me serious if I'm just the guy that comes up and goes, hey, I do podcasting. Come on, let's talk about Python. Um, it and, and that's where it's it's so frustrating because it's like, how do we fix that? And I've literally had people tell me, like, you would give really good talks at, like, the local conference scene. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? And they're like, well, you know, some talks are made for conferences that have less than like a thousand people and then some some talks are made for people that are or not for people but for conferences that have like they're like PyCon level and i'm like okay that's stupid like i feel like my, my yeah. talk should be good I for one or a thousand that. people 
that that's frustrating. That's a frustrating thing that you just described that someone said. Like, also, I'm going to go ahead and say that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. So, and because a at PyCon, not every talk is a keynote. (laughs) Just, just in case anyone hasn't been before, there's you know there's a handful of keynotes, but when you pulled off. All, the majority of the talks are in a small room, you know? So talk at PyCon, talk at a local conference, like you could end up with the same number of people. Like, and, you know, North Bay Python, it's single track. So instead of, you know, at PyCon where you have seven different talks you can go to at any given time slot, you know, North Bay Python, there's one, you're going to end up with a, a packed room. Everybody at that conference paid to hear you talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. So there's that element, but also I I feel like you never know why your talk gets turned away from any particular conference. You know, it could be that they got a bunch of different talks on that same topic. Like it just so happened to be that way, you know? Um, I mean, unless is it, are you doing close like sleight of hand magic? Is that because I can see, I can see that being like needing a small room for this presentation. I need a volunteer. (laughs) I need a volunteer and everyone has to be within arm's length of, of my body. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think in general, in life, none of us know what we're doing, like ever. So when people sit down and they're like, well, this thing is good for this circumstance. Like, you no, you don't. None of us know what we're doing. Just admit it and go on. Like with any of the stuff we're doing, we're lucky that we still exist as a species. Absolutely. And, and, I want to end this on a way more positive note than where we are now. So please tell me what's what's next for five up. Is there anything next for five up? Is it just going to be more of the same? And I'm okay with that too, because I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, well, first is fixing the very important broken thing. <laughs> so that, that sexy updates coming at you fast. Um, but there are, there are some things that I've wanted to do. Like, um, so there's a database that I curate of messages that go out, but you can also, every user has a personal link. So I can send you my link and you can put a a nice message into my queue and I'll get that mixed in with the other curated ones. Um, and that's like actually a really, really fun and powerful, um, feature. What I want to do with that is make it so that you can see your past messages, like your past custom ones and requeue them. Because right now you get it once and you never see it again. So I don't want to reveal them before you get them um, because the surprise is important. We like surprise. Like delight is in surprise. Unless it's like, surprise, you're bankrupt. Like that's not awesome. But like, surprise i think you're a cool person it's like it's nice you know so i don't want to reveal them before you see them but if 
some of the custom messages that I've received, and I know that other people have received, have been really um, like they can hold you up, you know. Um, and so, if you had the option to go back and say, like, actually, just keep that in my queue all the time, you know, send that to me every however long. That's that's one thing that I've been wanting to do. Um, I want to make it so people can suggest things for the general database. And then I can say that if they're, you know, I can allow them to go in because the, it's, it's like 350 messages or so that are in there, but they're all ones that I've put in, you know, that I find and think are interesting, put them in there, but it would be nice to have other people, you know, be able to put them in. But then it's, you do have to have some gatekeeping there because like, yeah, some people have weird, weird heroes out there. <laughs> so um, I think those are, I, I have been wanting to like make it a tweet bot or so, but that's like, eh, I don't know. I would love to be able to send pictures. Um, but that's kind of, it's all kind of tricky because it's this weird, like, um, sent through, like it's sent via email to the SMTP gateway for each of the carriers, you know, for phone carriers. So there's a little bit of trickiness involved there. You mentioned using Twilio earlier, and we're definitely not going to get too deep into the weeds here, but the Twilio API has that like SMS thing. Is that utilizing the same like email stuff or is that actually using like a phone number type whatever to work? Um, I abandoned Twilio straight away because it's very expensive. Um, especially if you get any number of users that are getting five messages a day, like, ooh, I can't afford that. It's quite expensive. And so, but SendGrid um, was very affordable. And so I had to kind of do this hack around to figure out how to use the SMTP gateways to send the messages. So like each carrier has like a phone number at something at ATT.com, you know, or something like this. So if you email the, that email address, then it comes through as a, as a text. So that's what I did. And then interestingly enough, uh, Twilio, been acquired SendGrid, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, they have not jacked up SendGrid's prices as far <laughs> as I know, or maybe I'm like, you know, I just got in at the right time. But um, when I saw that, I was like, please don't charge me more money. <laughs> I do this for fun. <laughs> I want people to be happy, but like, not like many, many hundreds of dollars of happy. All of my users are happy. I am miserable <laughs> because I can't afford to keep them happy. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that. So, and yeah, that's how that works. And five up is free, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> though message and data rates may apply. <laughs> I, I just saw that at the bottom. So. <laughs> yeah, I did shove that. <laughs> Doesn't it say like expensive messages are not happy? I'm pretty sure I shoved that in there. Uh, let's see. Yes. Make sure you know about your texting and data plan. Expensive messages are not happy. <laughs> They're not. I mean, I have a good database of messages, but like, I don't know if they cost you a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh man. That's too good. 
All right. Well, let's let's get ready to button this up because we still have an after show to get to. Um, let everybody know once again, if they want to talk to you or if they want to learn more about five up um, or if they want to check out any of your amazing conference talks, where can they do all of those things? Mm, let's see. So five up is five up app.com. Um, I am on Twitter. I'm like everywhere on the internet almost is hello, Melanie C. Um, so Twitter's where I hang out the most. Um, Facebook and I are on a break. Uh, so don't look for me there. Um, let's see what else. Five ups on Twitter. I think it's high five up. I'm a terrible project mom. It's on there somewhere. You'll find it. There's the logo some, some the branding thing. We'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And then all of my talks are on uh, YouTube. So. If you want, you can queue them all up and compare each, you know, performance to the next and rate them and send it to me and I'll get real sad about it and it'll be a whole thing. I would recommend the uh, the North Bay Python talk um, about how to get started with Django. It was very, very funny. I heard multiple people, not just me, say that it was the best talk of the entire conference. So... Yeah, you, you definitely got that award. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun one. It was fun. Everything went wrong. Little preview for you, you yes. people out there. The panic that you see is real. It was not staged. Oh, I remember it, that. It was. Yeah, that was. I think I triple prepared for my talk because of that. <laughs> I was just like, I know it works. I know everything is good. I'm just going to do it again just to make sure. And also that was their first year doing a conference. So I'm sure like the first year versus the third year, I'm sure they'd gotten a lot of bugs, you know. It wasn't out. them. It wasn't them. It was me. And I swear to you, I had practiced that talk so many times and the things that went wrong that you saw had never gone wrong before like had not gone wrong 30 minutes prior when i had been in the green room it was just you know the stars just aligned to really make me vulnerable and sweaty very sweaty all right well thank you so much for being my esteemed guest on the show yeah, and, and I, I love this because i know that in a post quarantine like huge world on fire kind of thing that we're living in right now eventually we will be able to sit down and have dinner and talk and laugh and do all the things that we did on the show uh, so I, I can say for one that this this isn't this isn't a bit this isn't anything this is <laughs> this is a hundred percent Melanie every time I have talked to her like I I absolutely love and enjoy our conversations. Um, you're also the first person to tell me to to give a talk. So um, yay! Yeah, I have to thank you for that. Uh, so you're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show and. Now time for all the stuff that quote unquote pays the bills. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone out there. I do something different than most podcasters don't. I don't ask you for money. I just ask that as you were listening to this, you weren't 
like doing 15 other things that you actually listen to the things that my guest and I were talking about because we get vulnerable. We talk about our experiences and we talk about the things that matter to us and we do it in a way that we hope that it can resonate with other people out there. So I don't ask that you rate or review the show. I ask that you just listen. But if you feel like you must tell me about something that I said that was obviously wrong or stupid, you can do so on Twitter at KJY Miller. I will ignore it. I will block you. Um, but if it was nice, I'll reply back and say thanks. Um, yeah, if you are a podcaster or thinking about getting into podcasting and you need some help with that, you can reach out to me at info at productivityintech.com. And of course, thank you to my uncle. Most people don't realize that when I say that, but my uncle Nadir Mawale for the use of his music, a hustler in spite of myself for the intro and outro music. I'm only doing this because Melanie is smiling at me and it's like, well, she did say you have to know people. So I know people. That's how I got my break. So there we go. But that is going to do it for this week's episode for Melanie and myself. I have been your host, Jay Miller, and I hope for at least a tiny bit of our amazing conversation we have been productive. Now, are you ready, Melanie, for the after show? Yes, 100%. Now, are you ready, Melanie, for the after show? Yes. Okay. 100%. 100%. All right. Here Buckle is, up, buttercup. Here's the spiel. At the end of every show, I have talked a lot. I have asked a ton of questions. I have shared stories and things like that. And I want that to continue, but I'm tired of coming up with all the questions. So I am passing the host role over to you. This is no longer the Productivity and Tech Podcast. This is the, the I almost said the Melanin C Show, which is a very different <laughs> show. <laughs> this is the Melanie C Show that is with you as the host, me as the guest for as little or as long as you want, asking whatever questions that you can think of. Uh, at this point, the show is yours. Yes. I feel so much power coursing through my veins right now. This is called the... No, dang. I was going to come up with a really great... You can read it. It's aggressive. your show. I know. I was try- I, I'm on the spot. I, I, I'll come up with something. I'll close it out. No, there's too much pressure now. This is happy, sad, crying feelings oh, time. Geez. That's the name. That's the name of the podcast now. Welcome, everybody. Oh, um, Jay Miller. Hi, Miller. Here's what I want to ask you. I am curious to know. Okay, and kids are not allowed to be in the answer. Okay. okay. Um, what brings you? the most joy these days other than the obvious having these kinds of conversations <laughs> yes okay um what brings me the most joy <laughs> now that i'm laughing i will say it is whenever i get a payout from stripe and i know nice. that's all businessy like whatever whatever but the the word that i'm not allowed to bring up during this answer was born right let's see two days before my license got suspended for having a cardiac episode and a month before i started my business so i 
think about like all while I'm have a day job and all that stuff. I think about why I decided to turn the podcast into a business. And a lot of it was so that she could see me doing what I enjoy doing and getting paid to do it. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier in the conversation of like, okay, this is just a little part of me that I do and I do it because I enjoy doing it, but I also get a check from it. So for me, it's like, I'm doing it and no one can tell me that I can't do it because I'm the boss. Like, that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Nice. I like this answer. I was judging you on it. Did you feel that? Uh, A little bit. I was like, okay. that's why I started with like the really like, bland dumb answer of like when i get paid like and then it was like okay but there's all this like sad like all like tear jerking stuff that came behind it they're like okay maybe it's yeah. not so bad it, it, i think it was a solid solid answer and also i don't think that we need to have like any kind of shame or feelings around enjoying having money to live with yeah. i feel like we can just we can just be real about that I paid the IRS with that money. (laughs) That's some sexy use of money. (laughs) Exactly. It was like, hey, Uncle Sam, I don't owe you anymore. So you can get bent. (laughs) Exactly. That's what we do with our cash money. Children, we grow up and we give it to someone else. Oh, man. Amen. Um, Okay. Second question. Do I, do I number them? Is this uh, it's like a number? As many like an or as list? Few questions as you want. If you want to number them, <laughs> it's your show. This is the happy, sad, weird hour, everybody. Um, man, I we know now that podcast host is not the job for me. So we got that. But okay, so here's what I want to ask though. There are not a lot of people that are in this club, but you and I are in this club. It's the lost your license because of a loss of consciousness. And not because of drinking. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Not because of that. Because nothing interesting. (laughs) Because of, in my case, neurological disorder, yours, uh, cart. What is it? It was a cardi, whatever the Um, heart is. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, everybody. I'm not a seventh grade. (laughs) I have a vasovagal syncope. So the the same thing that like if you tickle someone too hard and they pass out, I have that except for it is any time that I exert any kind of pressure that is beyond normal. Um, It has actually started kicking back up. I I went a good while without it, but this isn't your question. I'm not answering your question. You still have to ask it. But uh, yeah, yeah, basically... I was told no comedy podcast while I'm driving because I could black out and like veer off the road and cause. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, how long were you licensed list? A year. Yeah. It was almost, it was, I think it was like 11 months and something days, you know, it, it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of carpooling. Yep. Yep. I I feel like mine was about a year also. Now, when you got your license back, like what was that process like? Um so the the act of trying to get my process back or my license back was a process. Um 
mostly just going to cardiologists and then being like, okay, we'll put you on an EKG. Okay, that seems fine. We'll put you on another EKG for longer. Okay, that seems fine. We won't talk to you for like three months. And then after that, we'll give you a sheet of paper that you can take to the DMV. And then you got to play with the DMV, which is fun because that's like, it's not the regular DMV. It's like you have to call some special office inside the DMV that's open, you know, three days a week for two hours a day. And they don't want to answer the phone. And when they do answer the phone, it's like, oh, did you go to the website and download this form? Yes. Okay. Uh, Did you fill it out electronically? Yes. Okay. Too bad. It has to be filled out manually. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Now you need to mail it to us and go through that whole process. And ultimately, they're like, all right, well, we've put the request in. You'll know something within 10 days. And then it's just like a month later, you get a letter in the mail being like, oh, yeah, though this was supposed to get to you three weeks ago. But yeah, you're good now. So did you have to go in and get a new license or you just? No, they yeah, they suspended the license. So it was just reinstated once it was once I got cleared. I had to take a driving test. What? stupid like not the written thing either the like well the, the written thing and the driver's te- like it was like i was 16 like i was like uh well, and then i was like nervous like maybe i don't know how to drive anymore it has been almost a year like how many people are you supposed to hit with the car is it one or <laughs> more than that i i remember when i got back from japan i was like I've got to get a license now because, yeah, my license is expired and it was from Georgia and I live in California. And just remember having to like take the test again and having like all of these little kids with like braces and they're like spazzing out. Like, I don't know if I'm paying the test. I'm just like, like, what has happened to my life? (laughs) And then after that, they were like, well, you can get the license that's good for like three years if you just do the written test or you can do the driver's test and then it's good for five. And I was like, no, I'm just going to do the written test. Screw you. (laughs) And then after that, when it expired, finally, they were just like, oh, yeah, no, we we renewed it. Here you go. And I was like, oh, man, I'm glad I didn't do the actual test because I probably would have failed. Yeah. (laughs) Coming back, driving on the wrong side of the road. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. I won't be in the car with you after the <laughs> pandemic is over. I mean, that file was, that away. That was like 10 years ago. I'm good now. I mean, again, oh. no comedy podcasts. <laughs> and your doctors, the uh, cardiologists, did they have you engage in a tickle fight as part of the stress test? <laughs> Not a tickle fight. Oh, your face says yes. <laughs> You're so. What? You had a tickle fight with your doctors. <laughs> That's what we just found out. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Okay. For the record, I did not have a tickle fight with my doctors, but I will say they they told me to try to like make an episode happen. So I was like, okay, so you're telling me I need to give myself a seizure. That's like, 
you can't tickle yourself. You can't like, no, you can't. It's not one of those things that I can just turn on and go like, ha ha. Oh, I'm dead. Like it doesn't work that way. So, but they were like, well, can you try it? I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to hold my breath for a little bit. That didn't work. Uh, I'm going to jump up and down for a little bit. That didn't work. I'm going to play like funny podcasts and just laugh. And it's like, it's yeah, never yeah. as funny the second time you're hearing it. And it's like the first time. It's also time, not funny if someone's like, listen to a thing and have it be hilarious. Go. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I literally, I was like, okay, who are some comedians that I like to listen to? Like, I'm, so much pressure and anxiety around like, <laughs> hey, can you give yourself a small seizure? And it's like, I shouldn't have to do this. So, <laughs> so no, no, no tickle fight, but a whole lot of weird antics to try to make myself like pass out. Huh. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, you didn't. You didn't succeed, right? No, there was okay. It wasn't a different ending to the story. They, they said that there was like some so fluctuation, but. Mm. not anything to that extreme so do you seize or you just lose consciousness according to the cardiologist basically my brain just kind of reboots <laughs> if if that makes sense um so with, with a vasovagal syncope it's the same reaction that your body sends the brain when there's a seizure happening because, I mean, there's like the whole convulsions and your body is fighting that, yeah. trying to get it to stop. Um, so basically, it just like drops your blood pressure super, super, super low, which is why mm -hmm. you seize and then some people pass out afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's like, I want to tell people like my brain is stupid. So like when I'm laughing, it's like, oh, no, it's seizing. And like, <laughs> like that's that's basically what's happening. So I don't I don't have a seizure, but my body thinks it's having a seizure and what sucks is I'm also an asthmatic. So like if I cough, I could go into a coughing fit, like, which I do mm -hmm. every, you know, 30 seconds. And when I do that, there've literally been moments where I'm like talking to someone, I start coughing and I usually have like my elbows like I, I get to be rude. I get to keep my elbows on the table because sometimes I'll cough or I'll laugh. And if I don't have something to hold me up, I just go Phew. and then like, I like just disappear. And like, it freaks people out. But at the yeah. same time, it, it's only for like, I think the longest one I've had was like three seconds. And it's just like, oh. and then I come back up and they're like, Whoa, what was that? And they're like, Oh, I'm seeing spots. Oh, I must have had a episode. <laughs> and they're just like, did you die? And I was like, obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> but yeah. I so. would say yes. Yes. Yes, I did. Are you gone? <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. That too. <laughs> Could probably do that to like scare kids or something at Halloween. Like, Whoa! <laughs> That's one way to do it. That's one way to interact with kids. Sure. I'm a new whatever, dad. I'm allowed whatever to, feels I'm allowed right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. None of us know what we're doing. It's fine. We did we did Halloween well. last year and it was like that. It was like kids walking around and like everyone's like, oh look, she's so adorable. Well, first of all, my kid has really bouncy hair and and yes, I mean she's my daughter and I love her, but I I always want to laugh when people are like, 
She wanted to be Jessie from Toy Story because that was like her favorite thing. And so mm-hmm. we got her this Jessie outfit. And everyone's like, oh, hey, Woody. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> People are weird. I, that, yeah, we're we're just going to move on from what is wrong with people. <laughs> what is wrong that, with people? That that would happen. Yeah. So, People yeah, back weird. to passing out. Let's, oh, yeah. We can stay around that area. <laughs> it's a fun area. It's it's exciting. I, I think it's it is so weird for other people when they see it. And, like, the first time they see it, it's like, oh, freak out. Let me call an ambulance and, like, make it such a bigger deal than it needs to be. Like, the first time it happened around coworkers was funny because we were at a happy hour. And, like the uh, our wait staff was like trying to be super flirtatious with like the whole group I, I don't know why and then i said something stupid and they like spilled their stuff because of it and started <laughs> laughing so which that made us all start laughing and then i passed out and then that freaked them out so it went from it went from <laughs> going to like zero to a hundred to like a thousand and then like the manager's coming over and I'm like, I'm cool. I just need another drink. I'm fine. Like <laughs> they're like, Oh, we'll call an ambulance. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. Like if you're going to call an ambulance, I'm going to leave. <laughs> the ambulance is, is less fun than you might imagine, you know, yeah, especially really you know, when you know you don't need it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, being epileptic, like if you don't have a diagnosis of something that would make that happen, now it's a problem, yeah. right? <laughs> like no. if they're if you're just like normal guy, you know yeah. that this has never happened before. Like yes, that's that's an issue. We should get that looked at, you know. But when you know, you know, it's just something that happens every now and again. We're just gonna we're falling over. We're getting right back up. That's <laughs> it, you know. You you go on with your day. I, so I just, it's kind just, of like. It's like a sneeze, you know, like, I guess if you've never sneezed before in your life, you like the first, you've never seen a sneeze, it's like sneezing you'd panda. be like, oh God, <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. I, I, I think it's funny because after a while people get so used to it that it's like someone will tell a joke and then people will laugh and then everyone will stop and stare at you. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm still up. Still up. Don't, don't need to, don't I'm need good. to like. I don't need like nutter butters and orange juice. It's not giving blood. It's just, it's, I, it's almost like, uh, can you prevent it from happening? Like, do you think I would let it happen if I could prevent it from happening? I love those helpful questions. Just, you know, but you know, like I ask them too. Like, do you, do you ask? Oh, you're like, oh, cool. We're not friends. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's fine. Breakup number two in like an was, hour and a half. I was trying to think. I was like, should I apply for like a handicap sticker? Because like part of me is like, that would be a huge abuse of my uh, disabilities. But at the same time, <laughs> that's really good. Parking. At the same time. I, I mean, I, let's just play it out. Let's play the whole thing out. I, I missed see. the maternity parking when my wife was pregnant. It was like, oh, man, like, I don't have to park in the back. I can always park up front. So it's like, yeah, maybe maybe I should apply for that sticker. I don't know. I mean, worst case. They took I it away it. at Target now. 
Did you know this? What? At the Target in Mission Valley, they took away the family parking. And I love it too, because, you know, when they're, when you're pregnant, I don't know if everyone knows this, but you get much bigger than your previous size. And so the spaces are like gigantic because they know that women are just like crawling out of there all miserable. You don't want to have to try to mind where your door is. You just kick the door open and get out of there. But now it's just, they're just two very large spaces. And I have to say, when I see a a non-pregnant man getting out (laughs) of their car in those spaces, it makes me upset. Makes me upset, I tell you. Like, this is the patriarchy. <laughs> Pregnant women make, they make us. Do you not understand this? We wouldn't have you don't, these just because you had an extra Snickers. Exactly. Oh, just because you ate some extra fries doesn't mean that you need the family size space, sir. It's not his fault. It's yeah. his fault. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I agree. Yeah, exactly. Um How can we do better? This is my last question. How it's can a we small do one. better? Oh jeez. You can actually take this anywhere. You can take it anywhere. <laughs> like this can be like we definitely need to bring those family spaces back or like you know, I mean, that's just if you want to be a hero. If you want to be a good person. No, I'm going to be a terrible person and I'm going to like promote myself here. I wrote a blog post. It's called, How Can White People Help Black People? What is the real problem? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so. It only took a post for that? I mean. You got one post. You're like. I gave him a good starting point and <laughs> And I'll just echo this because it is important. Hire more people of color and pay everyone based on proven experience, not their education levels. So like to me, it's, it's that simple. Like that, that will make, that will make a lot of things better. And actually one of my uh, case studies in there talks about how basically the country of Rwanda eliminated their gender pay gap basically because all their men died. And it oh. was like, well, there was that's huge- one way to do it. It <laughs> doesn't mean, feel like, but, the- but and that's the thing is like it shouldn't have. I to mean, come I'm to mad that. about the parking space, but <laughs> but not like that. But I, I mean, the like the genocide of Rwanda, it sucks because we have this whole issue with people and like violence to incite change. But the thing that people don't realize is that it's either that or we just say, you know what, we're going to like be proactive here and we're going to start doing things that will make people not want to be violent. Like some of the the best conversations I've had with people are like, I don't want to burn down my own neighborhood, but I don't own anything in this neighborhood. And there's an amazing video by um, a woman whose name I cannot remember right now because I am part of the patriarchy and I am bad. Um, But she, she put that so eloquently and it was like, there's a huge wealth disparity Mm -hmm. 
insane wealth disparity. And some people will be mad because I'm all like socialism. Yeah. Because if everybody has the same, no one can complain, but it's, it's, it's true. If there is an equalization of, of wealth amongst genders and amongst race, then Mm -hmm. a lot of the issues that we have today would not be necessary. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have to yell that black people aren't being hired at the same rate as white people. We wouldn't have to yell that women are not being paid at the same rate as men because they wouldn't be. Those problems mm-hmm. would be solved. And then we could go mm-hmm. on to like huge issues like global warming and, and all of those crazy things. So it's, it's like there are a lot of things in the world that we can't fix, but there are some things that we absolutely can fix and we choose not to. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we can do better. If we hire more people of color and we pay everybody the same, it's, it's, it's a very tangible thing that we can do. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very like, I stand firm on that, on that belief. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I don't, you. I don't know if that's something that you can like work on right now or not. I don't, I don't know if you're hiring anyone, but I don't know. I'm not. Maybe someone hearing this can though. That's because I'm, I, I'm not, I don't hire people. I'm a, I'm a, I think the technical word is, is a, no, I'm a peon is the, that's the thing. (laughs) That's what I am. I was fishing around for the word, but. Wasn't there a role like in, in office, was it office space where like his entire job is just firing people? Oh, that's a sad job. I I mean, it's a sad job. There has to be a way to bring a little bit of light to that. It's like, look, we're a bad company. You don't want to work for us. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go do something better? Yeah. Make it feel like it was their idea. Right. You're fired. But in your defense, the bad company that you work for doesn't even want you. So happy day. Here's a Starbucks. I will say I have heard of managers who know that their employees can do better. Mm-hmm. by that they fire them because they know that unless they have to, they won't. Um, huh. Now that sucks. Cause I yeah, mean, but the, the one thing I will say with that is if you fire them versus them quitting, like there's unemployment benefits that they can at least get. Yeah. And, and it's like, I, I understand that sometimes people do need a push to, to go do better things. You just better be like behind them the entire way like <laughs> hey i'm firing you because i know you can do better so here meet me to uh, meet me tomorrow we're gonna like break through linkedin and figure out how the heck that thing right. works and and <laughs> like start applying to jobs and i'll be your recommendation i'll be your referral for all of these and i'll endorse all, all of your of skills like if if you truly believe that someone has the ability to do that and you have the power to terminate their employment don't give me some bullshit excuse like, oh, well, you know, you're you're too good for this job or whatever, unless you're willing to back it up by offering your time yeah. to help them. Yep. Absolutely. Those are those are all my questions. We covered it all. Awesome. I will I will do you a favor and I will stop your show then. Okay. Oh, was I supposed to say this is the end of the chaos hour? <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. You do you do however you want. It's your show. <laughs> this is